All right, guys, welcome here to the live Roadshow podcast. We're here at Traffic Conversion uh, here uh, in San Diego. We got people, uh, you talk, you might hear them talking in the background. They might, people might walk in. Who knows what's going to happen? This is going to be, uh, this could be as wild or as tame as we will find out. So uh, welcome here today. Uh, I have a, a very special guest, Nick Fisher here. Nick is actually a really good friend of mine. And uh, just to kind of give you an idea uh, of what he does, you know, he worked with uh, Curtis Sperber, uh, Cody Sperber at the Clever Investor, uh, helped build up consulting.com. I think he was like employee number one at consulting.com with, with Sam Ovens. Uh, just crazy, crazy stuff he's able to do to build, uh, build up marketing. And he now has his own, uh, his own agency. Uh, it, it, he calls it, um, uh, was it, what is it, you, an incubator and marketing agency, yeah. right? Yep, an incubator and marketing agency. Yeah, and so uh, real quick, I want to I want to read this because he has he's got his his, his mission and his mission. <laughs> I like this a lot to find doers in every niche, regardless of fame, and help them benefit from teaching what they love. Now, you know, Nick is probably the best that I know of in in personality types. This guy studies it like crazy, and he was going off for like the other day, like going off different types of personality and then levels of that personality, and it just like. I, I need to learn more about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, but because of that, uh, you know, he does a really, really good job uh, when you work with multiple people to figure out like the bridge of how to work with people to get that win, win, win. And so, uh, um, I would, I would love to chat about that. But you don't want to introduce yourself to talk a little bit more about what uh, we do. Would we'll jump dive right in? Yeah, I could talk a little bit about that too. So, finding the vision and mission of our company too, and and anyone listening to this, what you wanna do in life. I don't actually get asked this at all. Um, People don't come to me for life advice typically, but uh, there is, since you mentioned it, a personality test called Enneagram, which I think is a very, it's a simple heuristic. There's nine types and taking that, if you guys at all um, listening to this, or even if you're successful, but it just doesn't quite feel right, or you don't feel fulfilled, taking Enneagram really helped me hone in on my company's vision too, and uh, Jesse, I'm not sure if you mentioned uh, that, that vision, but it's very much stemmed from me testing as a, as a type five and being like, what would actually make me happy? Um, what could I continue to do for the rest of my life? And it, it's very much related to, a, to something that an Enneagram five would love to go after for their life goals. So what is, it, what is a type five? So a type five, real, real simple, is that all, first off, all nine types are rooted this personality test. It's it's pseudoscience for anyone who, who uh, is, is already going to say that, but it is useful pseudoscience. So they're all <laughs> stemmed in Darwinian fears, um, which makes them very useful for personal relationships for me. So there's nine types, nine basic fears that humans have when put into a survival scenario. And for type five, it's the fear of not understanding the environment. So if I were to come into this scenario, if we hadn't done even just a little bit of a prep talk, to me that's unnerving because I don't know what I'm coming into and I really need to understand what I'm coming into to be effective. Um, And since that's the root fear, the desire is to understand the environment in order to protect yourself from survival situations. So the more I understand, the more I feel safe. uh, And thus, if I'm operating in that direction, the more fulfilled I feel usually in business. So how that really materializes in a business setting is understanding the environment. Um, typically for fives, it's mastery. And that's why uh, our vision is to find doers in every niche, people who are true masters. And that's, that's what I'm attracted to, whether it's, doesn't matter what the vertical or industry is. If someone is really, really skilled and has went through a lot of pain and effort in order to get very good at their craft, 
to me, I always, always bond and vibe with that person. And I want to work with them in some capacity. So uh, it feels very fulfilling to do that. And I'm very patient. Um, so I wait for the right person to emerge. And uh, when, we, when we incubate and we publish brands, specifically I'm passionate about online education. So you're working, you're, the product that you're selling a lot of times isn't just the knowledge, but the person itself. So I'm looking for the right person. Um, I identify the market first. Um, and that's what we did for real estate, which has been the most successful of any of the brands that we publish. Shout out to Astro and Sub2 and Pace and Jamil, who have a show coming out October 2nd on A&E. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> uh, of which A&E don't hate me if I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to announce that yet, but uh, don't say anything to them. Um, but that'll be fun. And what I looked for them specifically, and I have a business partner too, Josiah Grimes, who, who helped me find them, is they were just really, really head and shoulders above the current education um, crops of who serves that market, whether it's a tool or a person or anything else, and they can really drive results. And to me, I'm very much attracted to that person who is a master who doesn't want to come and teach something um, as a matter of selling out. And they really want to keep doing whatever they're doing. Uh, yeah, to me, it's a huge red flag if someone's like, I'm the greatest personal trainer in the world, but I'm so burnt out. Like, I'm just, I just want to educate as a way to like get myself out of actually doing get the away thing that I'm good at. To me, that's, to me, that flames out two, three years down the road once they, once they don't quite understand the market or have stayed up to date. So. Yeah, circling back, so that's Enneagram. You should guys, there's a free test online that you can take. You don't even have to pay for it. Or you can self-diagnose. There's only nine types, and understanding that is extremely helpful. Well, so what, what, what I see it as is when you're talking with other people, potentially doing business with people. Like, I always find it, like, rude or, like, just not, like, self-centered. If, you, if you're talking with other people and you don't quite change the way you talk based on maybe <laughs> that person who's in front of you, like, like, like uh, I had a mentor of mine called the pace system or practical action. I think uh, S is for social, E is emotional. So like, you know, practical people will be, you know, they talk a little bit more slower, you know, they're more analytical, the action type people are just, they're you know, if you met someone who's just ready to do a deal like right now, yep. like just get it done, they already know the answer. And then, so you, you gotta like, you know, change it up a little bit. You know, you can't be, you can't be practical and give them a ton of information. And so that's why I like this anagram is because you, you're dealing with multiple personality types. And so if you don't change who, you know, like, you know, your deliverability to someone who's kind of a different uh, personality type, you're, it's, to me, it's almost a bit self-centered. And so like, and so like, I would love to hear more about that. Like when you're like, so for example, like, like, cause we have a lot of people in our audience who love to do joint ventures with other people mm-hmm. uh, or find a way of partnership, right? They have a product or an offer or even people like, for example, um, uh, who, who maybe have time and, and, um, and they want to connect with someone who has money, right? So, but maybe they don't have a lot of money and they want to run an affiliate, affiliate offer. So uh-huh. they'll connect with someone who has that money. And so, but you, you have these two different type personalities. So like, like, for example, if you run up with someone, and you mentioned this earlier, who's like super high ego, right? And it's, you know, maybe it's about them a lot. So like, how do you deal with that? If you're trying to figure out a partnership with someone, like, mm-hmm. what do you, like, what do you do? I ask a lot of questions, I guess, first of all. Uh, but yeah, it's, you're working with a bunch of different personalities and product types. There's two dynamics there. And finding the right bridge. My, my, uh, my style is, uh, <laughs> this is also rooted in per- personality types, but my style is to research, analyze as a primary um, 
primary way to solve problems. And then uh, Intuit um, and extroverted intuition is kind of how my thing materializes in that and the fact that I see patterns really well. So I usually ask a lot of questions in order to unearth patterns. And then when I spot patterns, I lock in on them. That's how I personally work. But everyone will kind of bridge offers a little bit different. Um, just at a high level, there is, there's conviction cells. There's like very logical like synergies that you take a lot of time to think about. It really, it really does just depend. So if you want to throw out some scenarios too, even just live bridging later or whatever, I'd be happy to tell you how I'd approach it. It's a hard thing to explain. Yeah. Um, how about the questions? So like, mm -hmm. like for example, you're talking to someone and you know, you, you find out that maybe there might be some synergy, something that you guys mm -hmm. can work on. Uh, but you know, they want to, they want to start their, their promotion first, or they want to, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they want more money than you could, then, you know, you can negotiate on, on your side. So like, what do you, so yeah. what do you do? Like, how do you, where do you start? So you already kind of hinted to it. So the first thing I start at is personal goals and what they want. So okay. you have to, and you have to go deep on that. So for instance, if I, I would come to you and you have a product, let's just say it's, um, I don't know. What are you, what are you passionate about? Oh gosh. Uh, I, let's say, let's say I have a, a personality type product. <laughs> this is going to get really meta. Let's just, let's keep it easy and yeah. call it a supplement, yeah, let's uh, do a, supplement. a supplement that like, uh, makes you healthier. Yeah. Um, so the first thing I would come to you and ask why, Hey, Jesse, why did you, why did you set out and do this? What was the vision of the company? How is it materialized? Trying to understand why you did what you did historically. Um, so I was trying to understand historical context and I'm pulling specific questions out of historicals. And then I'm going to work into the framework I'm working through is past, present, future. Um, and then present. Okay. How are you feeling about that? What are your stressors? What are your pain points? What's top of mind right now? How are your customers feeling? What do you hate about your business? What do you love about your business? Blah, blah, blah. And then future, where do you want to go? Okay, cool. You've already achieved all this. You're super successful. You have this supplement line. Like why, why are you still hungry? Like, why do you still have ambition? Like what haven't you accomplished? What are you seeing? Yeah. And then understanding that future. So, once I have all that, you're dangerous. You understand them. And I've seen people bridge offers without going to that death. But my style personally is I really want to understand that person and Lee, like anything that I put together, I genuinely am like, this is great for everyone involved. It's not a one-sided deal. Um, so I do that on both sides. So, but if there's no one I have in mind, which is often, so if I'm just with you and I pull that out, yeah. I'm asking a lot of questions and then I'm thinking back through people I've met in my life or just my like database of, you know, stuff in my brain. I'm like, okay, cool. That could be a fit with this person, but I don't know. So I'm asking a lot of questions to unearth possibilities and then I'm going to drill down. Um, okay. So like, if you like you were talking to someone and then maybe you kind of sync up with somebody else that might be maybe mm -hmm. a better fit or someone else that could connect with that other person. Correct. And sometimes there's no one that comes to mind. Like is I'll, I'll ask, you know, a variety of questions. No one's coming to mind, but now I get to the point where I uncover exactly what that type of partner would be. And then I'm patient. Like yeah. I'll wait. And maybe later today at trafficking versions, I meet someone who is like, I unearth the fact that you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love supplements, but like the end to the means, what I really want to accomplish is supplements are just a path to make my own kettlebells because yeah. like I'm starting here, but no one knows that this is my, I'm like, cool. So like, I don't know anyone in that space, but I'm gonna keep it top of mind. And then as soon as that triggers that pattern will, if I'm interacting with enough other people, someone says something that I'm like, cool, there's this energy. I'm going to connect you guys. Right. Or first I'm going to figure out what they want, but then 
bridge you guys to if it makes sense. Well, I mean, that's so huge because, you know, like sometimes people get stuck of like just thinking that they want to make more money. Like, so for example, let's say someone's I can, doing stuff. I can help with that. Yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> like, you know, exactly. Well, you know, but when they have more money, they think they're going to be able to, to get to where, you know, some sort of level of happiness, right? When they get it. But really it's not about the money. It's probably something else they think the money can do for them. And so diving down to those, those questions, you can get like the real answers. Like, well, you know, you're already doing $10 million, uh, you know, a year. You know, what, what would change in your life if you do 20, you know, like what would happen? And they start telling you, oh, well, you know, then I could, you know, maybe get a CEO and the, or maybe I could do this mm -hmm. and maybe work a little bit less. And, and then you're mm -hmm. actually covering the real reasons of why they want to make more money, Yep. you know, and that's like, that's when you get dangerous. That's right? when you get dangerous. And yeah, the framework that I use there, yeah, is five wise is the typical product yep. framework. Or yep. if you read um, Dean Graziosi's book, Millionaire Success Habits, which was a fun one I worked on. The first chapter, he, he takes it even further and goes seven wise. Because okay. if you go to seven layers, you really get into kind of that Darwinian route that I was talking about in Enneagram. So I, I do it on people all the time, even live. So like if someone is like, yeah, I just want to make more money. I said, well, why? And then really easy framework. You just ask why five to seven times. Yeah. So they'll, you would say, why? Well, you know, I want to make more money because I want to support my kids. I'm like, okay, well, why do you want to support your kids? Well, because I grew up and I, my father wasn't there and supporting my kids just feels like something I never had. I'm like, okay, right. well, why was your father's support important to you that you never got? Yeah. And then they say, well, because growing up, like I always thought he cared about me. He would always tell me, but like he was never there and he never went to my like baseball games and it hurt. And I saw the other kids with their dads. I'm like, okay, well, why did that hurt so much? They're like, well, because they would make fun of me about it at school. And they're like, you're never, I use an, I don't yeah. know, yeah, deadbeat yeah. dad. And yeah. you just keep going until you really get to the root of the issue. And then you sort of fund fundamentally understand that person um, very quickly. Right. Um, and if I get to that point with people, I always ask for transparency and people to play full out. And I'm very transparent with my shortcomings, how I work and operate. And if everyone does that around me, it's real fun. It works out. Yeah. How often do you use these principles when you're hiring people or like you're trying to motivate employees <laughs> all the time? Like, yeah, basic psychology principles rule my life and everything I do. So like, can you give me an example of like someone that you've worked, like you brought on your in and, um, in like for, like for example, like you just brought on an affiliate manager, right? So like, this is mm -hmm. actually a pretty good topic because there's yeah, a lot of people on here who want to hire an affiliate manager, but they're not, maybe not sure if they should hire one or not sure how to find one. Mm -hmm. Uh, or like, even if they hired an affiliate manager, like what they should be doing. So like, what was it like in your, in your point in business where you felt like, all right, when you get an affiliate manager and like, what was some of the, the context of like getting the root cause of like what they do to, to motivate them? So this is going to be specific to us. I don't think everyone needs to go out and hire an affiliate manager, by the way, too. There's always, when it comes to like go to market strategy or acquisition strategy, mm -hmm. there's a variety affiliates are just a channel. Um, we don't think of them like a channel typically, okay. but they're a channel just like Facebook and YouTube. They're a channel that requires attention mm. for from someone on your team, from you. And you can only take on so much with the team that you have. So it's uh, to give a more helpful answer at the beginning of every year, we look at the team and resources we have. We first look at the objective, the goal. We want to get to $100 million at New Reach. Yep. Okay, cool. In order to do that, what's the team and the marketing channels that we need to attack and do we have the right team to do that? If not, mm -hmm. we need to hire or if we don't want to hire and grow as fast overhead or team wise, then we need to constrict the channels and only focus on a few. 
Yeah. Otherwise, we're going to overextend. So affiliates came about for us because we were specifically to us. Um, we're in a new reach education where we're on, you know, top line pace for roughly $30 million this year. And uh, about 90% of our revenue ish um, comes off of uh, the first sale or what we would call, you know, initial order value. Okay. Yep. So we're 90% initial order value, wow. 10% LTV. Wow. Like that's, and that's, and that's, that's a, a, a lot yeah. of the conversations okay. I've had with you is yep. like, I know this is a problem or we're leaving money on the table. Yeah, it's right? a huge gap. It's a huge gap. Like uh, there's companies I know that are flipped. They're 90% LTV, yep. 10% initial order value. But I mean, it's, it's a huge potential gap though. I mean that, you know, huge what I'm saying, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're kind of in a spot where a lot of companies would want to be at like, all right, cool. We're, we're doing pretty well. Like, 100%. I feel very blessed. Like I was taught very early on that I had to make stuff work on the front end. Yeah. And it, it we couldn't just wait on the back. So I got very good at doing that and teaching that. Um, but likewise, we, we but the flip, the, the catch 22 is that when you're so good at making stuff work on the front end, you neglect the back. Yeah. And yep. that's, you know, one's not worse than the other. It is what it is. Yeah. But that's why um, we eyed this year when we had a certain growth plan is you guys have probably heard the axiom like it's way easier to um, to sell to your current customers than it is to find new ones. Yeah, that's usually true in almost every scenario I found. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I don't always do that. And I don't always practice that because I'm yeah. good at acquisition. So uh, that's where the affiliate manager came into play. And when you look at risk reward for an affiliate manager, someone who comes in and you already have really great acquisition efforts and they have essentially no risk, you have. A maybe a huge customer pool or mm -hmm. any customer pool. Um, I think that I hate giving generalized answers, but the right time to hire an affiliate manager is if it is your primary focus right now for growth yeah. and you've, and you've uh, analyzed other growth channels and the expected value of them is lower than what you would do for an affiliate manager. <laughs> so yeah, I, I hope that helps someone out. I could explain if someone hits me up too, but basically we're, there's- We're just gonna, we're just gonna take that one little clip and then we'll- Yeah, we'll, just we'll honestly it. edit <laughs> no, all of what no, I no, just no, said. We'll just, we'll actually, we're, um, we're just gonna, we're gonna use that one clip, we'll send it everywhere. That's yeah, <laughs> just cut, just cut down everything I say to like 30 seconds of tidbits. But, uh, uh, you know, an affiliate manager in our world right now, we have so many existing assets that are underutilized. Yeah. So when we hire an affiliate manager is when you have underutilized assets that they can leverage at $0 a cost. You only have reputational uh, potential downside yep. when, when working with an affiliate manager, getting affiliates on board. Um, and then uh, I can talk to about like the characteristics and, and other things about hiring an affiliate manager. But if, if you guys are at that stage where you have existing assets, because a really great affiliate manager is not one who can go out and just get other people to promote mm -hmm. for, uh, your product. Um, yep. That will, <laughs> that that's more of a good like affiliate manipulation strategy that will burn out over time. Like people don't expect reciprocals always, but you're not just going to get a one-sided value forever. So a good affiliate manager is going to have existing assets that you can give him or resources that you can give him that he can essentially trade value with other people in order to make things work. Okay. So, if you, I'm like, talking, what do you mean? Can you give me an I'm talking through this right now, but yeah. if you are not willing to trade value in some way, whether it's time, money, anything else, you should not hire an affiliate manager. Affiliate manager will not just like some might, but it's short-sighted if they're just like, yeah, I can get a bunch of people to promote our stuff and we don't have to do anything. Yeah. Like we don't have to, they'll just promote it because the EPCs are high and there's, that is reciprocal value, but like, 
you need to give them a little bit more, uh, you know, something, whether, yeah. whether it's time, money, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't just shove it, a, a hire an affiliate manager and things will change. I mean, it, you know, you, you, you need to, you could, but yeah, it's a unicorn. Well, I mean, you I, know, yeah, things, yeah, I wouldn't expect that. <laughs> um, no, a good affiliate manager, you're going to have a plan. And the two things that you should be concerned about when you hire an affiliate manager is how is this person going to manage my reputation and brand? Mm -hmm. And how are they going to discern and represent me when they work with other high level people? Because when I was a pseudo, you know, I've been an affiliate manager by default because they're just at certain companies. I was right. director of marketing. There was no other person. So it's always hard. They always want to talk to the CEO. And if you are hiring an affiliate manager, they're going to typically want to talk to you. Okay. And your affiliate manager isn't going to need to be edified. So like the CEO, when you hire, is going to have to do, they're going to have to understudy them or someone who has relationships because that person is not going to want to deal with one of your employees or a contractor or whatever. They're going to want to talk to the source. So you have to, if you do hire an affiliate manager, it's not just someone who, unless you're going to pay a premium and hire someone who has their own network relationships, yep. which those people are pricey and very valuable. Um, you're going to have to be the one who brings them to stuff like this conferences. Yeah. This helped me tremendously as a quote unquote affiliate manager yep. in, in my function. Meeting uh, people. Yeah. 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 You have to, you have to give them a network, um, or edify them in a way where they can speak for you and you have to trust them yep. to and do that. Now we're going back full circle. Like, you know, conferences, meeting people, affiliate manager, understanding mm -hmm. those principles, anagrams, personality types. It all's related. <laughs> it kind of all goes back. Mm -hmm. Well, cool. Awesome, man. Well, uh, um, we could, uh, uh, well, I think there's so much to, to, to go into, um, but, but um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll put, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put a hold on there, but I would love to have you back on. We'll chat yeah, a little I bit more. Come back on in a minute. Uh, but the, again, so um, real quick, before you jump off, um, uh, with within your 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 business the you know, gexa for example you know media buying uh you know working with different brands like what's what's been working well for you great question um as far as marketing tactics just in, in bit just in general it could be anything like just either business whatever what's what's been working well for you I always have a hard time answering really open-ended questions like that because there are a few things. I'll just key in on one. Yeah. Um, what's been working really well for us right now is sticking to what we're good at. Um, and eh, that, that's a poor answer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch it up. That won't make much sense for anyone else here. So what works really well... <laughs> For, for us uh, is working with the right people and specifically me like I need the right people around me and the right energy and a huge focus the biggest focus of our company at Gexa this last two quarters now has been talent and anyone that we hire we need to raise the average talent density of the whole team um, and that average talent density average talent like density that. yeah and we have a scoring system internally that we rate everyone and assess everyone's skills and everyone has to be progressing and moving Otherwise, I'm found, I found that I'm not happy because as, as now a leader, uh, I took a lot of pride in all of this, the stuff and tactics and, and marketing finesse that I used to know. And I'm not on platform as a media buyer as much as I used to be. I wish I could a lot of times, but I'm not. And, or I'm not writing as much as I used to be. And what I really need is a team around me who cares to progress and to 
since fives, Enneagram fives are working on mastery, I either need to be the master myself or have people around me that are striving for that too. And I have collective hive mind mastery type right. of thing going on. So that's what's working really well right now. And it's actually made me even in the last few months way less anxious, stressed, or just worry about my day-to-day business when I know like the people that I'm here at a conference and my, my teams, you know, back home or in Arizona or whatever, grinding and working hard and, and like progressing and learning things. Mm-hmm. And they'll share those insights with me. Yeah. So that's working really well to surround yourself with good people. It'll make you, it'll, uh, if you guys are all product owners and entrepreneurs, decrease, decrease all the mental game that, you know, goes along with entrepreneurship and the, sometimes you just feel crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's what I would say. Awesome, man. Awesome. And uh, real quick before you sign off, where, where can we find you, Nick? uh you know sometimes at events like this uh and i'm uh, i would go to agexa.com right now if you're interested in anything you want to say you want to connect submit a form there it'll eventually get up to me too or try to find me and and connect with me on on socials or whatever i'm not too hard to find if you look hard enough so uh reach out to me i love anyone who has questions especially about this or is in the clickbank world hit me up i'm happy to always trade messages for a while um, and I'll tell you if it becomes annoying. So feel free to reach out with any questions and we are hiring and growing. So if you guys are interested in coming to any of the things that I said and want a, an entrepreneurial environment, that's what I did for a few years. I went back and worked for two people um, as director of marketing for you know four years total uh, in between these entrepreneurial stints and it really, really helped. It's not the path for everyone, but it, if you do have that desire, I've, I feel like we've created a very, very autonomous, cool culture that I'm very proud of. So. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Thank you for having me, Jesse. Cool.